Oh, hey, Matt. How's it going? Hey, Z. I'm sorry I'm late. I was shopping and I couldn't decide between brilliant white or sparkling white toothpaste. Oh, that's a tough choice. Do you want to talk about it? Actually, I'd rather ask nine out of ten dentists, but until then, I guess you'll be acceptable company. Hello, hey, everybody. everyone. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in once again to Acceptable Company. Um, how you been, Z? Yeah, not too bad. In lockdown again. In lockdown again, in the wake of the second Sydney lockdown. Once again, the COVID virus has reared its ugly head. So ugly. I, I honestly didn't think this was going to happen again. I thought we were... In the clear, right? Yeah. I was posting like, the city coming back to life again. Hashtag, welcome back. Yeah, well, it, it felt that way. <laughs> yeah. We were walking around without masks again. We were dining in restaurants. We were there were festivals happening. We had a good run. We had a good run, and now it's it's this new Delta strain has come, and once again we're in lockdown. I thought it was a timely excuse to just speak about the virus as a whole. We're not experts here. We're not doctors, but I think each and every person. Yet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you hang on to that dream, D. Hang on to it tight. Each and every person has been affected by COVID in one way or another. Mm. Yeah, I think we're up to 300 cases in, in Sydney, Greater Sydney at the moment, somewhere about that. And I've even heard that governor basically saying, look, if this lockdown doesn't work, we may just have to open everything up and just hope the vaccine works. Which, have, have, have you got the vaccine yet, Z? No, but I was contemplating going to my GP to see if AstraZeneca was okay for me. Yeah, because again, you keep hearing about you know, the blood clots and the mm. and all sorts of things. I heard something about a heart swelling or something about one of the other injections. There's all sorts of misinformation and information out there that's just making things very difficult to keep track of, very mm. difficult to make sense of. It's a whole bunch of confuffle. How, how has your life changed since the onset of this virus? Mm, yeah, it's definitely changed, but I honestly feel very fortunate because my problems are minimal compared to other people's. So yes, I've had to cancel some domestic trips. Yes, I've had to work from home, but I still have steady employment. So, you how, know. How long have you worked from home? In, since March last year. So well over a year. Mm. And you even started a new job during COVID. Yeah, I got one day in with my team when it was like, oh, I think COVID's a big deal. And I met them. And then the next day I was at the bus stop waiting for my bus to go to work. And my boss messages me and he's like, oh, we're working from home now. So I literally had only met my team once. And then worked from home yeah, for like well, months Welcome and to months. the team, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess we're doing Zoom calls from now on. Yeah. Well, for me, as I've kind of hinted at and, and spoken about on other episodes, I basically lost my job unofficially, but for the most part, I haven't had a shift at the zoo I worked at since December and Christmas. And before that, it was March. So I remember this whole thing was, was sparking up and at the zoo, we were talking about, you know, is the zoo going to close? Is it, what's going to happen? And then... It was literally the next day that, you know, don't come in tomorrow. The zoo closed for two months. That was it. I had to go back to previous jobs. I had to find a new job. Um, I work in a, an animal shelter now, rehoming facility. Since the, the strict lockdown laws, we've had to cut down on appointments. We can't take any more surrenders in. So everything is just kind of ground to a standstill until we find out exactly when this lockdown is going to end and whether it's being effective, which from the looks of things, it's not. A lot of negative stuff has come out of this COVID thing. Yeah. That old chestnut. But COVID silver linings, oh. are there any? 
Oh, okay, COVID silver linings. For me, I know the masks are annoying and, you know, they make your skin break out. But also, I don't have to fake smile at people. I happen to like smiling as a form of communication. <laughs> I think it's easier to, to smile at someone as you walk past. And now I can't even do that. So you just kind of smile with your eyes and it looks like you're staring people off. <laughs> I think transport is easier. Easier to find seats on trains. Easier to drive to the station. That's a positive. Mm. I like not having to attend obligations that you would have had to before. Sorry, you know, it's just not safe. It's just not safe to. <laughs> I'd love to come, but I can't. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. I, I miss the social gatherings. Yeah. Look, it, 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 it is an easy excuse to wheeze a lot of things, I suppose. And you find out who, not who your real friends are, but when you only have limited amount of time to see people, limited opportunities, makes you rethink what and who you spend your who time on. Who deserves my time now? Mm that I could potentially catch this deadly virus by leaving the house. <laughs> well, funny you say that because with this latest lockdown, my girlfriend lives on the Central Coast. Mm. You're not meant to leave the house, not even to see family and friends. But you can see intimate partners. You can see intimate partners, which is, I think it's a bit of a loophole because I didn't think they intended for my intimate partner to be an hour and a half away. Mm. It's just, it's had an effect on everything. They're going to have to come up with more dine and discover vouchers, I imagine. Not a bad thing, not complaining. No, don't, those Dine and Discover vouchers were another COVID silver lining. They were, yeah, they were. <laughs> they were good to get the economy going. I had my tickets to see Hamilton this weekend. <gasps> no. Yeah. And they've been refunded. <sighs> that so, uh, sucks. Yeah, I've, I've been waiting on those tickets for six months. So I know. Yay. That's a big hit. I had a trip planned for my family for my parents' 60th on a surprise trip. I can't say the destination because it's still potentially going to happen maybe <laughs> in August, but I doubt it. So, yeah. August. Sucks. August, yeah. I don't know. Mm. August, it might be okay. Mm, doubt it. But speaking of, when you were talking about the intimate partners. Loophole. Loophole. What happens to people who are in like polyamorous relationships and there's like multiple partners? How do you prove who's a partner? Yeah, like what What if I just say, oh, these are my partners? These are my intimate partners. Do you need like a photo on Facebook to prove you guys are dating? Like yeah, how, do you, how do you prove that sort of thing? Mm. I, was, I was wondering, what if I get pulled over on the M1 on the way to the Central Coast? Yeah. And the, the policeman's just like, you know, where are you going? Oh, my girlfriend's place. Oh, you live 40 minutes in that direction. <laughs> how is your girlfriend? Like, how do I, how? How do I prove that? Mm. Here, look, this is my Facebook profile picture and she's on it. But that's like saying, oh, you're only allowed to shop for essentials. But if I go to Woolworths and just walk around and look at chocolate bars like is that essential chocolate mm. bars absolutely <laughs> yeah i was i was in my lo local shopping center the other day and there's there's like a prowls the jeweler was open and i'm yeah. like how like i wanted to get a haircut that's shut but buying diamonds and jewelry is a necessity explain that to me z <laughs> yeah it's weird there's like candle shops that are open Oh, well, you got to make your house smell nice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, <laughs> everyone, priorities. Everyone needs that lavender to calm us down in this situation. Yeah. I just wanted to just kind of explore it because it's something that's going to be... It's it's going to be around forever. Like 9-11, you know, that was a big event that was like... There was a clear before 9-11 and after 9-11. Similarly, there's before COVID and after COVID. Life will never be the same. It's got to be prevalent probably forever. Yeah. You know, people that are going to catch covid as a as a common cold yeah 
it's gonna be here. What confuses me is there's all these strains that are that are mutating. Mutating, you know. There's a Delta strain now that's apparently very, very contagious. What if this is? What if this is it? What if this is just a thing that's meant to stop the human race? It very well could it be. It very well could be. Let's hope not, because um, yeah, what a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> you you got to die of something, right? You got to die of something. Yeah, sure. Okay. That's <laughs> on that note. Yeah. On, okay. Bye. <laughs> so I wanted to chat to you about something that we've touched on in the past: the fact that I do not cook. Mm. I don't get it. I don't get cooking. I don't get appliances, it's, ingredients. It's very confusing. I agree. <laughs> I'm like that meme with it's, the lady with the equations hovering over her head. It's not like there's entire books dedicated to teaching people how to cook. <laughs> okay, so it's not the fact that I don't think I could do it. I can figure stuff out. Sure. What I don't get about it is the fact that the enjoyment of it does not justify the effort <laughs> that one puts in. People spend like an hour, an hour and a half cooking. Then you spend 10 minutes eating. Then you have to wash up. I, I agree. I have a good example. Mm -hmm. My girlfriend has bought us one of those kind of like adventure books you see on Facebook ads, the little scratch and reveal um, like a random date. We had a, a scratch idea the other day where you had to pick a random cookbook and have a random passerby pick a recipe and then mm -hmm. you cooked it. Mm -hmm. And it came up with a Rosti, which is like a... It's like, potato. Yeah. Um, it's like... Like a, like a, a fried grilled grated, potato. grated potato. Yeah. With a little bit of like parsley and you scoop it onto a hot plate and you just like, you cook it like a pancake. Yeah. It took forever. It took like an hour and a half because it was just peeling potatoes, you know, then you got to put it, you got to grate it. Then you got to put it in a tea towel and like mm. squeeze the tea towel, all the water out of it. Then you yeah. scoop it into a hot plate. So it took ages and it wasn't that good. Yeah, I know. That's the thing, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you go and cook this thing and it takes all this effort and then it comes out meh. When you could have just bought the same thing at a restaurant for a little bit more. Okay. On that point, cooking is cheaper. Yeah. But have you ever heard of this thing called opportunity cost? It's this um, like economic term to define what you lose as a result of doing something. Okay. So how do you apply that to this? Okay. So let's say it costs $5 to make a meal at home. Sure. Is that okay? Uh I think that's pretty generous, but it, it's probably a bit more? more than that. Okay, let's say it's $5 to make a meal at home. Let's say it's $5. Let's say it's $20 to buy a pad thai. Sure. So you've spent $5 for the ingredients. Mm -hmm. well, you've went to the shops to buy the ingredients. I that's did. time. You spent time cooking, stressing out about it. Yeah. When you could have been sitting, playing games, watching in your TV. Comfy track pants. Yeah. So $5 to buy the ingredients and the time, plus the time spent cooking, plus the time spent cleaning up. And, and think about your hourly rate, right? That does not cost you $5. That costs you $20. Same cost as if you had bought something. Yes, but it's not like I'm earning the $20 by sitting on the couch in my comfy track pants. Either way, I understand what you're saying, but the effort, so you're saying the effort of of shopping, of cooking, of cleaning, isn't worth the $15 difference. Correct. But it's not like I'm I'm not losing those $15. You're losing your time. I'm losing my time. But is my time spent cooking any more or less valuable than my time sitting in front of the TV? I think so. Unless you like cooking. Unless cooking is your creative expression and you truly enjoy it, that's fine. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that cook <laughs> 
to survive. Okay, so you, so you don't enjoy cooking? No. Flat out, no. No. Okay. What's there to enjoy? It's oh, oh! I've got to juggle all these different ingredients, and if I <laughs> mess one of them up, then this whole meal is destroyed. Okay, it, but it, it's satisfying, and and having the finished product, a home cooked meal is worth. If you want to put a value, a dollar value on something, it's it's worth twice the price of a pad thai, which is scooped out of a giant pot. Not saying the pad thai is not yum. It probably is yum. Probably isn't even more yum. But, I would say so. But the home cooked meal has a value. In itself. Okay, but I could get that same value doing something that I enjoy. Reading a book for you, maybe playing games and having a great time. That same joy you can get doing something that you actually like when you don't do the thing that you don't like. That's <laughs> the opportunity cost. If you're so against cooking that you determine that it's just something you're just not going to find any satisfaction or joy out of, then I agree, you probably shouldn't cook. But I, I think... I would argue you're in a minority there. I think the majority of people enjoy cooking. The cleaning, I think, is what people don't like. <laughs> yeah. And as you and I know, we're big soakers here. <laughs> <laughs> we are. And, and I would argue some meals are easier to prepare than others. For example, making something like a, you know, a fajita kit from El Paso, where I just have to use a pan and heat up some things and heat up some tacos, cut up some veggies. It's very satisfying, nice and easy. It just got one pan to clean. Mm-hmm. It only took me 20 minutes. There is a level of cooking, which is somewhere in between takeaway and making stuff from scratch that I think satisfies both needs. Yeah, I agree. I definitely have a line. I'm happy to put something in the oven. See, okay, I'm happy to put something in the oven because I set a timer, I set a temperature, and then it I can go away and do something else. <laughs> and it just tells me when it's done. And then it's perfect. When I have to start juggling ingredients and stressing out (laughs) over figuring out the Da Vinci code of how to balance all these (laughs) ingredients and make sure that they're all right and that they're all ready at the right time, this is too much. And that's part of the, you're missing out of the part of the fun of cooking, which is coming up with your own additions and own like, cooking isn't an exact science. You know, you add a little bit more salt here, a little more, more pepper there. Maybe I'll use chives instead of parsley. Yeah, but then there's the potential to mess it up. Yeah, and ha- then your whole meal is ruined and you have to sit there with your sad fajita. Cooking is, it is about expression. I'm not the biggest cook, but I do make a mean bolognese and I don't have the recipe anywhere. I just know, you know, it's a dollop of this, a dash of that, taste it a bit. Oh, it needs more of this. That's fun. And, and look, just putting something in the oven, is that really cooking? I don't care. I just want the food. <laughs> I don't need a medal of honor for cooking <laughs> a meal from scratch. I just want to eat something tasty. Yeah, but something I would argue that cooking is more nutritional. Isn't that worth something? Doesn't that add a little bit of value? So all these, y- you're measuring up things in intrinsic values yes. based on dollar values and time. Yes. But there's other values you can add into the cooking, like the value of you know creativeness or But I have other creative expressions. Cooking is not creative for me. It's science. (laughs) Right? It's a really hard science exam that I'm going to (laughs) fail. Okay. Like I said, if you just don't enjoy it, then I can understand. I get it. I get not trying. It's a scam. It's it's not a scam. (laughs) Cooking exists. It's a real thing. (laughs) So does your husband do the cooking? He does. In the household. And is he, is he a good cook? He is, yeah. Do you help him cook? I'm there for moral support. 
<laughs> and I'm there to compliment the food. Yeah, they, yeah, you're, you're, you're the taste tester yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it's a very important job. Do you do the cleaning? Sometimes. Mm, okay. Unless it has to soak. No, of course. Which so. is like it, that, that, most that, of the time it that does. Counts. Yeah, that counts. <laughs> it does. Having it full of soapy water technically is cleaning. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not the most professional cook, but I do find some value out of cooking something with my own hands. Okay. And that's where I'm different. I just get no enjoyment out of doing it. Like if I've cooked something, I'm hating myself <laughs> for the time <laughs> that I've wasted. <laughs> hating life. How about baking? No. That's even more because you have to get the precise, like super precise measurements and timing. Yeah, baking's hard. I don't have patience for that. Anyway, thanks for letting me just air my grievances. <laughs> I'm not sure I did let you. It's <laughs> <laughs> a scam. It's a scam. So there's a... There's a conversation we half had on another episode and I wanted to come and revisit it. Mm -hmm. And that is the, the topic of the live action Disney remakes mm. and and the repercussions and the, the the flow through effect that it may have on cinema as a whole. What it means. What we're gonna have we're gonna take a deep dive here, Z. We're gonna go straight in. Into the guts of it. Into the guts of it, exactly. Okay. Just like the Cave of Wonders from Aladdin. <laughs> okay. So I Admittedly, I haven't seen too many of them. So there's Beauty and the Beast. There's a Cinderella one. There's Aladdin. There's Mulan. And then there's Lion King. Yes. Out of those five live action movies and Jungle Book. Yeah, there's a Jungle Book one. Out of those six live action movies, I've seen two. Ah. In fact, we watched The Lion King together. We did. How many have you seen? Around four of those. I've really? seen, yeah, Aladdin, Lion King, Mulan, and Jungle Book. Okay. Out of all of them... Mm. Were any of them better than the original cartoons? No, not better. None of them? I would argue the Jungle Book, maybe. I had actually hadn't seen the original Jungle Book, oh. so I had nothing to compare it to. Because the original Jungle Book is, I think, a little bit more dated than the others. So I would argue the new Jungle Book is better. Apart from that, I'm going to say at least the only other one I've watched, The Lion King, um, not as good. The reason I, I dislike it so much is because it, it doesn't try anything different it takes what was already there and it basically recreates it shot for shot with newer graphics yeah and more realistic looking animals yeah which takes away from it. it takes away from the heart of the story there's no expression it just looks like a bunch of actual lions <laughs> doing shakespeare you know and i think with some of the other ones say mulan for example that's quite a different take on mulan mm. compared to the cartoon it deviates quite a bit from the cartoon in that sense still not as good they're still hollow reproductions of the originals, which, in my opinion, most of these originals are still very watchable. Yeah. Aladdin, The Lion King, Mulan, they hold up quite well. They're still perfectly watchable for kids or adults. They don't need to be made. So why are they made? Um, I think the answer is pretty clear. Ching, ching. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're not trying to recreate the wheel. They're trying to sell something that they know will sell. They're selling nostalgia. They are selling nostalgia. They're, they're bottling it up in a nice, pretty ribbon and a shiny new coat of paint and mm. they're shipping it out and they're making money. I mean, remakes aren't just Disney. There, there are remakes happening all the time. A Star is Born is a remake. Mm. A lot of the, you know, the horror franchises, they get remade. So it's something that's always happened. But I suppose the difference here is, take A Star is Born, for example. I think this is the fourth time that movie's been remade. Mm. And each time it's kind of like a, a different decade and a di the themes are slightly different mm. and it, it's like a symbol of the time 
it's made in, which is interesting in itself. But these, the live action Disney ones, they scream more about money to me than, than the others do. Yeah. But and we're still going. We're still going to watch them. They're, like I said, they're selling. People are going to see these movies. People are seeing the Disney live action remakes. And it's just going to encourage them to make more. Yeah, it's a guaranteed nostalgia. Who doesn't want to buy into that? You want to relive the golden years. Yeah, okay. I, I wanted to, yeah, I want to see The Lion King because I like The Lion King. Mm. Actually, okay, so both The Lion King and Aladdin, I would argue, well, I wouldn't argue, they're my two probably favorite Disney movies. Coincidentally, both of these are stage plays as well. Mm. Yeah. So there are different approaches here. Both the stage plays and the live action movies are retelling an old story where the stage plays, I think, do it well. It's a different medium, different takes on the story. But the live action remakes, and I can't speak for the Aladdin one, haven't seen it yet, don't really intend to. But the Lion, the Lion King one was just disappointing, just because it had nothing new to offer. I think the live action version is just trying to ride on its coattails. It is. And we sheeple are just eating it all up. Uh, so I guess, what's the takeaway? That we're just going to keep consuming <laughs> the easily consumable remake grass that's put in front of us i think so i think we are as humans curious enough to consume it not that we think we'll like it but we'll always open that nostalgia door yeah i just we need more originality out Mm. there and disney as much as i gotta praise them for the things they're doing they're doing a lot that's safe and a lot that's but you you would do that. You would do the safe thing that you know is a guaranteed moneymaker than the risk that might not go so well. Yeah, but they got money to lose. <laughs> <laughs> they do, they do. But this is easy. They don't have to do anything. No. Get some guys on computers and It is it is easy. Especially mm. Lion King is it's all CGI. It's it's just I mean, obviously they're not gonna film real lions. <laughs> That's what they should do next time. Get real lions. Train the lions. Let's go back to the (laughs) olden days. But it's... Have you heard of Luca? Mm -hmm, I watched it the other day. Yeah? I liked it. Did you? I haven't seen it yet. Have you watched Raya? I have seen Raya. Didn't like that one much. Ah, interesting. (laughs) I didn't mind it. I think it was talked up. It was overhyped. But I wanted to talk about Luca because in terms of risks, I've heard that Luca has like homosexual (sighs) vibes. I totally got that. There was nothing in it that was like, these guys are gay. Mm. But when I was watching it, I was like, I even sat down and I'm like, I think they're gay. I've, I've heard that's. I don't know if it, that's just what people have interpreted or if it was intentional. Yeah. I haven't seen it myself, but I think that's, that's a pretty brave step for Disney. Way to think outside the box, but pushed like right up against the wall of it. Hmm. And it's, I'd prefer them to move towards the less safe path. The path less traveled, see? Yeah. And they're doing both. So, (laughs) (laughs) making money from both angles. (laughs) Okay, keep doing what you're doing, Disney. (laughs) It's time for Acceptable or Not. Everyone's favorite segment. Everyone's favorite. So, our listeners apparently have some serious toilet anxiety because we've had two listener mails come in maybe, that are maybe it's just because this is when they listen to our podcast yeah <laughs> that makes a this lot of sense this is the time they've taken out of the day yeah we appreciate that I'll, I'll take what i can get anytime as long as it's sitting down and comfortable i'm happy yeah as long as you're comfortable we'll join you in any room you want <laughs> <laughs> um so the first one comes from sam and ricky in chippendale they've asked doing a poo at someone else's house 
acceptable or not? Mm. First of all, thank you for writing in. Um, thank you for the the real um, thought provoking thought provoking question. <laughs> this is what we all this is what we all turn up for. <laughs> this is what people tune in for. This is this is the type of content you can't get anywhere else. <laughs> okay, um, serious though. It says talk seriously about pooping at somebody else's house. Yeah, <sighs> it's gonna be a bit of a cop out, but I think it depends on the person. As in the person whose house you're going to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like let's say it's family. Sure. Mm-hmm. What sure. about a friend? Yeah, I think so. Depends. How close is the bathroom to where we're all hanging out? Oh, does that matter? Proximity. I think it matters. Interesting. Maybe the number of bathrooms matters. So you think <laughs> um, if it's close by, not acceptable to do? It, I think yeah. If they can, if they can hear the goings on, if they can, <laughs> if they can, hear, <laughs> if they can hear the motions, okay. Um, then, then perhaps you should hold it and go elsewhere. Interesting. But I think I think generally it, it depends how 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 busting are we? How necessary is this poo? Because I think if it's definitely desperate, desperate then yeah, unless like a let's say you your partner has brought you to a friend of theirs place. Yeah, all right, that's about as like awkward kind of. I mean, to make a good impression situation as you can get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's unacceptable. It's always acceptable. Yeah. When you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. I can't be like, no, unacceptable. Yeah. Go in the street. You need to, It's acceptable. It's always acceptable. That's what bathrooms are for. Yes. But there is definitely like a, do you have to right now? Can you hold it? Can you go elsewhere? Interesting. I, it's acceptable, yes. But... um. Only if you have to. Yeah. Acceptable <laughs> in desperate situations. Interesting. I have a very different take. I think actually the mm. onus is on the person who is inviting guests over. What do, what do you so, mean the onus? Like the responsibility to make it a comfortable place <laughs> for people to feel welcome to do it. Because when that's what toilets are for. When you've got to go, you got to go. And, you know, sure. you're inviting people over. So a part of inviting people over is making sure that they're fed and making sure that your facilities uh, up to scratch. Yeah. <laughs> and so whenever someone comes to my place, for instance, I've only got one bathroom, but I let them know, here's the spray. This is the toilet paper. Please <laughs> feel free to use as much say, as you like. Well, I say, here's the toilet. The plumbing is great. Here's the brush. Here's the spray. You can open the window. Go nuts. Ready no, for all no, your needs. No judgment here. Yeah. So, yeah, you, I think everyone needs a toilet brush in their place. If you don't have one, get one. <laughs> yeah. I think. Because otherwise it's awkward for people, right? So what are they going to do? And then they have the anxiety because you didn't provide the toilet brush? Look, this may be a... <laughs> I don't know how much detail I wanted to go into here. Nothing too graphic that's going to gross people out, but just... Well, look, instead of a toilet brush, I, I use toilet paper. Oh. Uh, yeah. I don't want to talk <laughs> about this anymore. <laughs> I think you should just get a brush. They're like five bucks from Kmart. I have Please. a brush. No, no, um, I have a brush at home, but uh, I use that for like proper cleaning of the toilet. Uh, if I'm at someone's place and I... Oh, yeah. interesting. But if they had the brush, you would still use nah, the toilet paper? Because you might get like stuff on the brush. But that's what it's for. Yeah, but no, it's for cleaning with bleach. But they're going to use it to clean anyway. Anyway, sorry, this is kind of off topic. I think acceptable and the person inviting people over should provide a comfortable environment for that because it's inevitable. I would argue that it's not that the people are making it uncomfortable. I think people are just, pooping is just, it's just one of those things. People are just not comfortable doing it away from home. 
it's just a it's a very vulnerable <laughs> very vulnerable open position to be in it is <laughs> Um, but on a whole, me, I say, except I've never gone to someone's house and I've been like, I don't feel <laughs> like they want me to poop in their toilet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Moving on. So our next one comes from Mark in Penrith. Hello, Mark. Thank you for writing in. He wrote a really nice message, actually. I'll just read parts of it. Um, cheers to you both for a great podcast and for being the company that I never knew I needed till it was here. Really enjoy the range in tone and topics with a positive and playfulness to it all. Definitely my jam. And Matt, I even managed to binge watch Demon Slayer and huh? went to the <laughs> cinemas to watch the movie. The, like, oh, and, and, and are, you, are, you, <laughs> are you no longer taking any recommendations from me again or are we... <laughs> BFFs for life. He didn't specify. He, oh, didn't, he didn't leave a review. You have to let us know. <laughs> so he wrote, acceptable or not, background. I was in the office a couple of weeks ago in an empty men's toilet with four cubicles. I do my usual Goldilocks routine to check each toilet and confirm which one is just right and righteously claim my throne. Mm. But then... In no less than a minute sitting down, I had some very unacceptable company next to me (laughs) in the next stall. Acceptable or not, using a toilet cubicle next to one that's occupied, assuming there are others available further away. Okay. There's a few factors to to, to play into here. Agree. So, Mark has has done his go-to-locks routine and found the perfect toilet. Yes. Somebody has come in. And you'd, you'd assume has done a go to locks routine as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. What happens if Mark's in cubicle two? Therefore, there's only one cubicle that is free. Correct. But, the, you know, it's not the Goldilocks toilet. There's no toilet paper. There is stuff on the seat. There's stuff on the seat. Yep. It is just not an acceptable toilet to use. <laughs> yeah. In that case, yes, he's allowed to sit next to you, Mark. I think so. If you've only <laughs> left one option that is furthest away from you, then. You know, he's got to do his Goldilocks routine as exactly. well. But if you're on the end, if you're on one of the ends and there are two other options. Okay. If Mark has chosen cubicle 104. Yes. This this individual has <laughs> two options. <sighs> Look, it's preferable, I think socially preferable. Yes. To sit with a space between you. Yes. But what happens, Z? What happens? I raise to you. What happens if you run out of toilet paper and you need assistance? That is that is when the bro in the cubicle next to you yeah. comes in to help, you know. So he's you think he's done it on purpose as insurance in case he runs out of toilet it's paper. Possible. Maybe he's oh. been scarred. Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe he's been scarred by an unfortunate circumstance where he was by himself in a cubicle out of toilet paper and he swore never never, again. never to be in that situation again. Oh deep into the psyche of this unacceptable company, <laughs> man. There must be something going on in his brain to sit next to somebody. A lot of us want like our privacy. Mm. That's why we have cubicles. Mm. And to sit next to somebody where they can potentially hear the goings on is, um, you know, it's not everyone's preferred toileting experience. So he, I, I think there's a reason for this. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, he, maybe he wants to get closer to Mark as a friend. Yeah. Maybe he wants to be there to, to, support, <laughs> to support Mark when Mark runs out of toilet paper. Yeah. I, I, think, I think it's acceptable. Yeah. I think it's acceptable, but you shouldn't do it. <laughs> now, a question I'd like to ask you in regards to this. Mm. With you in the four cubicle scenario, yeah. 
Would you ever sit on cubicle two and three? Yeah, depending on which one was the best option the best <laughs> of the available options. Mm. If I am doing a number two in a public cubicle, mm. generally I'm desperate enough not to really care. Let's put it that way. Yeah. The scenario calls for immediate action. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, in summary, uh, acceptable, 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 but yeah, yeah, I've got acceptable with a question acceptable. mark at the end. <laughs> it's it's, it's, it's got to be acceptable. Like, yeah, all toileting rules have to be acceptable. Yes, because we are we, we as a society <laughs> needs the toilet, but but no, but, but try not to. Try not to. Yeah, if you can <laughs> help it. Try not to. Alrighty, that's it. I'm glad we got to the bottom of that. Ah, I was thinking of a pun, you beat me to it. <laughs> well, okay. thank you very, very much for tuning in once again. Yeah. We've enjoyed your company and hope you have a good life. <laughs> yeah, life. <laughs>